0: I'm just reminded I would promised to take my young ward, Dick Grayson, fishing, if you'll excuse me. There's a problem. Better let us handle this.
1: I don't know who he is behind that mask of his, but I do know when we need him. It's Batman! We need him now.
2: Biff Bam Pow, let's take a trip down to the Batcave for Batman Land. Let's go! A weekly discussion of the 1966 Batman TV show. Each week we're joined by a guest where we discuss the Batman episodes that aired this week on SBS Viceland. Now, when I'm not patrolling the streets at night, I'm Dan Barrett, billionaire playboy and a digital editor at SBS, joined, as I have been the last three weeks, by my own personal boy wonder, Nick Bessine. Uh, You know, at first, I, I was very uncomfortable
0: with being um, the boy wonder, especially the personal boy wonder. My very personal,
2: special little boy wonder. But I've, I've grown to accept it, <laughs> and I'm here trying to have a good time. That's what we're all about, man. That's what it's all about. Joining us for a very good time... Ryan Griffin, uh, Ryan, how are you doing? I
1: Thanks, so. I'm doing well. Uh, excited to be here.
2: Welcome to the back cave. Now, people probably don't know Ryan Griffin by name yet, although some people do. You're an emerging name. I think people are starting to, you know, learn the Ryan Griffin brand around the place. Yeah. Um, but you're you're responsible for a little TV show called Clever Man.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. There's a there's an AFL player with the exact same name and spelling, yeah. <laughs> um, and so you know, I think my goal is to you know out Google him. Yeah. 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 You
2: know. And I mean, physically, I'm sure that you're very similar to this other Ryan Griffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. skill
1: set exactly the same.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a big bushy beard as well?
1: Uh, that's that's what he's he's lacking. Okay. You know.
2: Yeah, one day he'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> just keep setting the good example. Uh, but you are responsible, for clever man, uh, which has Australia's first uh, indigenous superhero, or at least that's how it's built. That's not really quite true, but
1: yeah, yeah. no. Um, look, I think it, it's probably the first one that's been created by an Aboriginal person and is steeped in in culture. Yeah, uh, more than any of the others, really.
2: Yeah, most of them are weird, obscure Marvel characters. Yeah, but it's just some guy in New York of who did a quick Wikipedia a, of yeah, yeah, exactly. Aboriginal
1: <laughs> people in Australia and and put that in their characters. So. Um, you know, yeah, de- like you said, it's definitely not the first. Um and hopefully it's not the last.
2: Yeah. But no, it's good. If people haven't checked out Cleverman yet, and like do so like it's great. The second season starts on s- Oh, it's, it's already no, 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 started.
1: It hasn't. It's already started. Oh. So we're on ABC iView, um, and then we're in the, the States on um on Sundance TV over there.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure it's all on like iTunes. And... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. First season's on DVD as well. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, and both th- are available on iTunes.
2: Yeah, cool. I thought I'd seen it about in the on a DVD store. The ones coming in a of late. How are people responding to the new series?
1: Um, yeah, really good. Like I, I'm I'm am I'm a lot more happier with it this season than I am the first. I think um, the story structure is a lot lot better. You know, like we get to we get to set up the world. In the first season um and set up you know the superhero this time we just get to play and play with all the characters nice. yeah, it's all pay off
2: now yeah yeah uh now you're a huge batman fan which is really why i've got you here yeah but we'll talk about that in just a moment we're going to discuss the programs first two episodes this week we're looking at the joker is wild and batman is wild uh these episodes aired on january 26 1966 and january 27 1966 Nick Bussain, do you want to kick us off with a bit of a synopsis as to what we witnessed here?
0: Well, a lot of people tune in for my synopsis of these episodes. It's kind of the it's the main draw card. So it appears that um, the Joker escapes uh, from prison via a, um, a springboard. He's just kind of launched into the air, and I I assume he... There's a helicopter, or he just he lands put, he on the got ground. Put in
1: a net, they said. Oh, then, was it a net? <laughs> yeah, that's how they, they they found the only thing they found outside the wall was that. Okay, net. good. Because
2: right. he was in the middle of a very large prison baseball um, area. Yes. Like, how high was he sprung from the spring? The the spring looked very large. It looked like it would have launched him <laughs> really high. And I'd imagine precision wasn't particularly huge for that either. Like You'd have to make no. sure that's a very wide net.
1: I'm assuming both of his legs would have been broken, <laughs> to be honest.
2: <laughs> that's best case scenario, dude.
0: Also, it's a minor point, but the, the cop said that they were watching baseball, but they were, they were playing softball. I mean, the ball is very large and Look, they're throwing pitching underhand. That's softball.
2: That's a fair point. But you're saying the cop, this is one of Gotham's top cops. This is Chief O'Hara. Thank you Was very it- much. <laughs> He you know,
0: Was it Chief O'Hara that's in the prison audience? Yeah, he's sitting yeah, in the yeah, crowd. Was is that is him? Either. All right,
2: yeah. but I'll get to him later. Well, he's <laughs> he's got to step up his game. He's a terrible cop. He's terrible. <laughs> well, look, it's Chief O'Hara proving he's not a desk-bound bureaucrat, which I think is important. Yeah, yeah he, no, gets he gets out, out there. Out there sure. He does the work. But it got me thinking, do you think he's like, not a desk-bound bureaucrat, but maybe he doesn't even have a desk? Because you always see him in Commissioner Gordon's office. He's pottering around. We don't know he has his own office. And then I took the thought further. What if he's not actually even a police officer, but rather everyone's just humoring him? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that seems to be the most likely scenario because he's not good at his job. Every time <laughs> Commissioner Gordon says, hey, you, can you guys handle this? I mean, it's another bad guy. And a. Uh, Right away. Nah, I can't. He just cut his
1: paycheck and there's no one's (laughs) the heart to tell him yet, and he just wanders around aimlessly around.
2: He doesn't want to tell his wife, (laughs) so he goes to work each day with a uniform. All right, so after
0: Joker is uh, literally sprung, he tries to steal some jewels, but he's foiled by Batman's utility belt.
1: (laughs) So he
0: decides to get his own utility belt.
1: Never again will Batman have the advantage over me with that
0: utility belt of his. No, never again will that ghastly girdle thwart my plans. For I, the clown prince of crime, have found
1: the answer to it. What is it, Joker? My own utility belt. Hey,
0: terrific. Can I throw... Hands off, you fool. Which is just, is just master criminal at work. Uh, they go back and forth a bit. There's a failed plan to capture the Joker at the opera, where he's wearing the same Pagliacci mask that Heath Ledger wears in The Dark Knight, in the Dark Knight which I thought was pretty cool. Um, then Joker threatens to behead Batman on television. <laughs> it's a beheading on a children's show. Um, but they, uh, Batman and Robin were faking, being unconscious. They had taken pills to prevent themselves from being paralyzed. And then they beat the hell out of the Joker and his henchmen and send them back to prison.
2: Do you think the Joker took those pills to stop him from being paralyzed when he got sprung in the prison? He would have needed something. <laughs> he yeah. had a
1: net. That's all that matters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing but net. <laughs> this is the episode where you get a good look at Cesar Romero, and they do quite a few close-ups, and you can clearly see that he's wearing something over his mustache, or they've just painted over he's the just mustache.
1: Painted over it. Yeah, he refused. he refused to shave it.
2: that's That's pretty nuts it's amazing I actually I mean I hadn't really considered it until I watched it for this episode I really like the fact they have just painted over him because it really makes it seem like he's really just this unhinged crazy guy yeah it's a crazy move you don't know what he's doing like he is really shaggy he's a bit all over the place it's not the dapper portrayal of the Joker that I really thought it was before I watched the show
0: yeah, yeah, and he gesticulates wildly and his hair keeps going all over the place.
2: Yeah, like, he is a madman. Yeah. Yeah, if anything, I find him more creepy in this than any other portrayal of the Joker anywhere else. I don't know, I just well, started looking that, at him. He's you know, creeping That was a me big out. thing
1: for him. Like, you have a look at the the entire series. The writers really went away from from the Joker. He became, like, you know, third string to, you know, the Penguin and, and Riddler, you know. But you have an actor who wanted to have that... Truth of what the Joker was, in this world that isn't written for that darkness.
2: Why do you think they pushed away from the Joker so much? Because he's one of those iconic Batman villains, and I'm sure certainly was when the show began.
1: I just think it, it, it leans on how how dark Caesar wanted to really portray his character. Like I, I think Caesar's laugh is probably the probably number two for me in then the, the Joker laughs. Like it, what's number one? Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Oh, in the, in the animated series. Yeah, animated Yeah. yeah, series, right. yeah. Um, but I think f- for me that there is just this there, like you said, there is a, a, a scariness to him. I think the fact that he still has his mustache on and when they get close, um, there is a an underlying darkness to that character. And 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 in this world that's a lot lighter in the Batman worlds is hard to fit in.
2: Yeah, I mean you look at the other actors we've seen so far. So Frank Gorshin played the Riddler very loud, very bombastically, like he's a large cartoon come to life. And then we've got Episode Two, which had who was it the penguin? Penguin. And the penguin, again, that was a very sort of broad characterization as well. But this one, there was something really earthy and grounded about what Cesar Romero was doing. Which is ridiculous considering how he looks and, you know, what he's yeah. doing in the show. But there's something there.
0: I was um surprised at how it how much Jack Nicholson's character seemed to borrow from from his. Is that unfair?
2: You think so? I th- I thought Jack Nicholson was a lot more polished and a bit more refined
0: than But the um saying something and then the maniacal laughter right afterwards jack jack nicholson does a little bit of that
1: i think you can look at both of their their body movements is probably a good one yeah, to look yeah. At. i was thinking that they a kind of too. both have that jolt to them uh, almost like robotic like but absolutely i think there's something that he's obviously going to lean on because that's the first betrayal you know like i think right. anyone who plays a joke from now they'll go through and look at every joker that's ever been played and will take the the moments
0: that they feel is right do you think jared leto's joker relies heavily on heath ledgers
1: i think that he tried to push it as so much further than you know because everyone's kind of made that the iconic joker um you know especially in, in live action anyway um i think jared tried to create something that is is uniquely his mm-hmm. you know it's such a hard role to to trump um, you know, post, you know, not only the series, but after, uh, ov- obviously after his death and everything to, to make sure that yours is different. I don't know if it's, it's he's lent on it as much as maybe he could have.
2: Okay. Yeah, now there was something I really liked at the beginning of this episode, which seemed almost like a callback or maybe a ripoff from what we saw last week. When episode three and four had the opening with Dick learning French... And then suddenly Batman yeah. chastises him saying that, you know, uh, it would be good if everyone learned you know, all languages because that would eliminate war. Uh, we've got something very similar here where Dick is upset that he's being forced to learn the piano. Was it Chopin? Chopin, yeah. yeah. And he was advised uh, well, chastised again by Bruce saying that all music is important, Dick. It's, it's a universal, universal language. language. One of
0: our best hopes for the eventual realisation of the Brotherhood of Man. Gosh, Bruce, yes. You're right. I'll practise harder from now on. Yes. I mean, that was going to be my lesson for the, for the episode. It's, very, it's a very important lesson to learn. Oh, look, very much so. Why does Dick hate learning stuff so much? He just hates it. Every episode. And it's all
2: normal stuff. It's not weird. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that jumped out at me was when they went to the Gotham Museum of Modern Art. there was the Comedians Hall of Fame, which the Joker was yeah. upset at because he wasn't included in there as part right. of the exhibit. Sure, that's going on. But Commissioner Gordon didn't know anything about the museum. Didn't know about the Joker's connection to the museum. Does he not read the newspaper? Um, Is he getting all his news from Chief O'Hara? Well,
0: my my theory about Commissioner Gordon is that either the actor or he himself is constantly asleep because every time he picks up the phone, every time we cut to him, it's like he's just waking up. It's always (laughs) Batman.
2: (laughs) Uh, It's very funny. I actually love Neil Stafford, who plays Commissioner Gordon. To me, when I think about Commissioner Gordon, it's always coming back to his performance. The Joker sprung from the pen right under our noses commissioner he got clean away well get back as fast as you can
1: chief O'Hara. in the meantime if it is the joker that we're up against that clown prince of crime there's only one man who can handle this i don't have to tell
2: you who (laughs) Uh, i liked when the batmobile pulled up in front of the museum there was the sign out saying no parking as a yes. bit of a—that's an amazing a,
1: scene. That yeah. was great.
2: And Batman, who's rushing in, he suddenly sees the sign, and so civically minded, goes back to the Batmobile, and he's about to drive it away <laughs> and find <laughs> somewhere else to park.
0: To and the cop says, "It's, it's cool, Batman. Yeah. Don't worry about it." <laughs> also, I think that's the first non-white character I've seen on the show.
2: The oh, really? Cop.
0: Yeah, the cop's a black cop. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. this is a pioneering episode.
2: <laughs> Apparently. It seems very well, easy. Well,
1: Batman couldn't have done what he did if that black guy didn't pick up that sign. So That's right, that's you know, true. He's doing a better job than, than Dick's he's doing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> get your act together, Dick. He's pretty much the only cop in Gotham who actually seems like he's doing a progressive, active <laughs> job of actually Yeah, policing. yeah, that's true. He's
0: <laughs> Commissioner Gordon should definitely hire that guy to do something
2: else. Yeah, if it was Chief O'Hara, he'd be scratching his head as like, I just don't know what to do, Batman. Don't know what to do. The teen, when they pull up, I think it's at the museum, the teen girls cheering
0: for Robin.
2: For the boy wonder. Yeah, boy How?
0: Wanda. What kind of a... The reality around that is a little bit confusing. <laughs> that just happens wherever he goes. And
1: there's absolutely no reaction from here. That didn't even yeah, cut yeah, to his shoulder just, here. He's just like, just
2: again. <laughs> Come on, ladies. Oh uh, Again, just, I don't want to keep on bashing Chief O'Hara because he's an amazing man, he but... Is. There was a scene where Bruce and Dick are in there as Bruce is the largest shareholder for whatever the boating operations are. But anyway, they're in Commissioner Gordon's office. Which oh, is, yes, that's yeah, right, that's right. They've got that happening. And then, like, when they leave because, you know, the Joker's up to stuff and they can't do anything, Chief O'Hara starts ripping into him and is criticising Bruce Wayne of not wanting to do anything. When What has Chief O'Hara done now in six yeah. episodes? He's <laughs> got some nerve. Not a single thing. Unbelievable, that guy. Yeah um we can all agree the joker has got an amazing opera voice oh yeah yeah when he's on stage as paliachi like that dude carries a note absolutely yeah um there was much fewer um bams and pals in this episode when during the fight scenes what was going on i'm not sure but in absolute fairness to the people who make the show and to batman and robin themselves There's only so much that they can give. People expect too much of them. Indeed. And, I mean, look, you can say that to little Harold who's kneeling by his bed saying his prayers. (laughs) But in fairness, we ask too much. This was also the first time we hear them say, same bat time,
0: same bat channel. It doesn't say that on the screen. It just says, same time, same channel. But the the narrator says, bat time, bat channel.
2: Yeah, yeah um in previous episodes did we see the Biffs and the powers on screen yeah yeah wait we lots, did. Of, lots of them and yeah. in this one there are only a couple
0: because but-
2: it, it felt fresh to me for some reason but maybe I was drinking the other two weeks we did this
1: I think there's there was less fighting in this than usual episodes though like it was very yeah very story driven compared to how they <laughs> usually do sort of things and and they, they lent on a lot of the um you know Batman's detective work, if that's what you call it. His his level of deduction is next level, really, in in this series. But
2: there was that really cool special effect they had, where there was obviously wire work going on. But it was when Batman threw the batarang in the TV studio and he's hoisting himself up. up that rope. Like it was kind of a cool camera shot. And you actually see him sort of go up. I have trouble believing that Batman's got that level of upper body strength to be able <laughs> to do what he did there. But it was kind of cool to see. There is a moment where
0: uh, Burt Ward is climbing up a rope, and I think he's doing it for real and looks good. Like he looks
2: strong. Oh, like at the beginning? Oh, like when they're going up the side of the building? Or? No,
0: before that. It's to get up a smaller, a smaller thing. I forget the exact moment. I was very impressed.
2: I was kind of uh, taken when they were about to climb up the side of the building And you actually see the amount of time that they spent watching Adam West pull out, like, the Batarang and then, like, rope it and get ready to throw it. In any other TV show, that just cuts, you know, him throwing it and going up the building. But... But Thirty seconds they spend just watching him like take this thing out of his utility belts on a rope.
1: But that's it. But again, that's kind of that's what I mean by the, the storytelling in this. Like it was all about the belt.
0: Yeah. So they <laughs> yeah, had to yeah.
1: they had to show that's right, that's how right. important this thing is. <laughs> Who knew
2: belts wielded so much power?
0: <laughs> uh, I think the pacing of this show in general is very. Um, I mean, there's luxurious. Yes. They <laughs> they, they,
2: they like a lingering shot. Now, there was an actor in it that really stood out at me and I was looking at him and he just didn't quite feel right for the rest of the show. And it was this guy named Jerry Dunphy. Now, I did some research on him because I'm like, maybe this is actually like a real news guy. So the guy that was like the newscaster and he's actually like a real life TV anchor man, Californian based. He spent most of his life as a TV anchor reading the news. He apparently pioneered the three hour news format, whatever that might be exactly. Well, in real life? In real life. So he's like a real life news guy. Yeah. Okay, But I started doing some further research on him. Apparently, the Mary Tyler Moore show, you've got the great character Ted Baxter. This guy is the inspiration for Ted Baxter. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So Ted McKnight, when he was initially looking at newscasters to like create his performance as Ted Baxter, he was looking at Jerry Dunphy and this other guy and sort of merged them both together. And apparently Jerry Dunphy hated it. He was not impressed at all with the fact that it was a clear inspiration for the what? Ted Baxter character. Did you recognize this person what prompted you to look into this he just carried himself differently to most actors on the show so i thought maybe he was like a real news guy and you looked into it. and he it. was
1: this is real batman level detection, is, right yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like... if only batman had access to wikipedia <laughs> exactly if only wow good work look it's all about going beneath the tights
0: isn't that what we do here speaking of beneath the tights on the last episode you wouldn't know this ryan but um we discussed some of the dick tape that burt ward had to wear <laughs> yeah uh apparently i don't know if it's urban legend or if it's a fact but i can't stop thinking about it now when i watch so the show
1: that suit.
0: i i'm i'm checking for the flatness and i'm looking at adam west thinking i mean this it's a little distracting he could have maybe he could have worn some dick tape so is
2: bert ward really a boy wonder is that what you're suggesting no i'm suggesting that give them both you know <laughs> dick tape <laughs> no what are you saying Nick? that it's distracting they should
0: have been equally tight. Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> Was that controversial? I don't think it's controversial. Adam West is the star of the show, so maybe he should be free <laughs> he to be, you know, be a bit more you know, prominent. I'm trying to make him a bit more masculine than Boy Wonder. <laughs> exactly. It's
1: Batman, not Batboy.
2: Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now usually we... Are we finished talking about the episode specifically? I've got some more on Dick Tape. Really? No. <laughs> I, I'd like to
1: talk about like the use of narration.
0: Yeah, yes. Okay. Like,
1: Gotham State Penitentiary, one of the state's busier locations. On I think for me, like, well, when I, you know, I hadn't picked it up for a long time, so I'm sitting there watching it again. It was just like, it was amazing, and just to hear the show start off with narration and just go on that journey. I think, you know, it just it felt to me like, could you pull off a show like this? today or is it is it only because it's from the 60s that we have that genre and we have that feel and that nostalgia about it
2: i I think this is absolutely a show that came at the only time it possibly ever could have come along i think you could
0: do it if people knew that you were being funny or being having fun with it i think you could do it if it was entertaining i would love to see that i would love to watch that show yeah like um wet hot american summer that show which was originally a movie but they'll do some traditionally 80s style storytelling and i like that's a lot of
1: fun yeah yeah definitely like i, I don't know there's something for me i guess you know reading books or, or or plays and stuff like that like hearing that narrator come in it just gives a whole new level to the, to the show like if yeah, there was no absolutely. narrator
0: it's it, amazing yeah. yeah and at one point the narrator says look out batman
2: yeah
1: exactly <laughs> it's amazing he's
2: warning batman well, the actual guy doing the narration is William Dozier, who's the executive producer of the program. And I think Nick mentioned this in last week's episode uh, that the inspiration for it was The Untouchables. Yes. So he's very much doing a parody of what we saw in The Untouchables right. in the mid-60s. Are you getting any ideas for your next uh, project? Oh,
1: I, look, I just... I'm putting narration in everything from now on. Yeah. man Season 3. <laughs> exactly. No, I just... I think it just is... It makes you feel like you're watching a story. Where... You know, I think we're, we're kind of, especially these days, is we're falling into these shows that are trying to be just so about realism that you kind of miss the excitement of shows like Batman, the series.
2: But, I mean, also because it's based on a comic book, comic books always have the information boxes yeah, the which print, crop up, yeah. particularly at the beginning of comic stories and as they establish scenes. So, I mean, it makes sense. You've got this narrator coming over the top, effectively replacing what you'd find with the boxes
1: yeah absolutely and i I think um we we know how not well put the story is in this so when you have the narration it's obviously filling gaps that you know with the pacing or filling story arcs that aren't hitting you know i think it's a it's a good mechanism for this i think
2: yeah now we do try to get to know our guests a little bit on the show and i guess maybe what jumps out at me initially here is when did you watch the batman 66 show for the last time like how long ago has it been
1: Oh look, I, I think easily would have been maybe nine, ten years ago. Like it it's interesting. Like as soon as as soon as I um watched it again, it was like, Okay, I need to sit down and start showing this to my son. Yeah. You know, like it was
0: How uh, old's your son?
1: Uh he's uh turns eleven this year, so
2: That's like the right age.
0: Did you watch yeah. it with him?
1: Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't watched it with him yet, no. Because, um, you know, I introduced him to, you know, uh, the Turtles and stuff like that, you know, um, and the the old Transformer um, cartoon. So I think this is just another level that he can sort of, you know, feel the nostalgia to. Yeah. Is he a
0: big superhero
1: guy? now? Yeah, massive, massive. Yeah. Like, I, you know. Did he, I, I did forced he have it a choice? On him so he yeah, had, so, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, like, we, we kind of had um, this rule in our house It was like, you know, no Thomas the Tank Engine, no Wiggles in this house. And it was just all superhero stuff. So.
2: <laughs> now, you famously, when you created Clever Man, the idea was to create an indigenous superhero that your son could actually sort of look up to clever man's a pretty dark tv show it's very adults in the way it's yeah uh, has he watched it
1: yeah absolutely like, yeah. i, I um, does he um, understand
2: it like what's the yeah I th- yeah
1: you know like he's he's been on the journey all the way through with me so you know i take him out to set you know he gets to see like cuts early like a couple of times i've been on the phone and he's pressed play on on um you know rough cuts and left notes on my board or drawn pictures of of what I should change. Uh, so I've long had this show fantasy
0: him the
2: he gets <laughs> yeah. final cut approval. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. you know, the the hero is is named after my son, so it's Cohen uh, West and my son's Cohen, so
2: Yeah, I've long had a fantasy of Do you know Ax Cop? There's this great comic book that they created about 5 or 6 years ago, and it was this guy who was a comic book artist/writer slash And he was there with his uh, brother, who was like a young kid, like seven or eight years old. This guy's like in his early 20s, a bit of an age difference. And he created this comic based on all the sort of wild fantasies that like the young kid had. So everything that this kid thought was a great idea that, you know, your partner will be a dinosaur and all this kind of thing, he wrote into this book. So the entire comic book is purely this unfiltered view of like this seven-year-old's fantasies. And they turn it into an animated series with Nick Offerman's voicing Axe Cop and it's this whole thing. But I like to think that Clever Man is very much like your son is like this really dark, twisted young kid <laughs> who's just feeding you all these ideas. No,
1: well, I think I'm pretty open with educating my son, so especially in, in television. Because like kids these days are watching YouTube that's unfiltered and they're watching people do vlogs and swearing constantly and there's nothing. So it's not like, like there's nothing he hasn't heard before or seen. Yeah. Um and look like when i was a kid i remember there used to be a a, a war show called tour of Duty, and my parents would never let me watch it but i would always like i knew a friend who his older brother would record it and i'd go there and watch it kids are going to find a way to watch that sort of stuff anyway so i'm just happy to be there and answer the questions while he does it
0: yeah my son is uh seven my oldest son and um i watched these episodes with him um He's used to a different kind of Batman and a different kind of show, so he wasn't as into it but it was a pleasure to have this family show to show him. Does he view it as the same character? I think so, but he's also you know he's also seen Batman try to straight up murder superman so i don't I don't know if it's not getting really a consistency and message of what kind of person Batman is.
2: yeah, I can't really picture Adam West trying to murder George Reeve
0: uh, <laughs> no. No, that would be out of character. And I can't picture Ben Affleck uh, trying to move his car in a no-parking space.
1: <laughs> I, I just don't imagine him even acknowledging the cop.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. So, Ron, who's your Batman? Who did you grow up with? As, like, When you think about Batman, who is it?
1: Uh, for me that's a hard one because i guess for me it's always it's always the cartoons the you know the the 90s cartoon series so So batman the animated series yeah like you know that you know that was winning emmys and
0: so i i've seen a bunch of that but i i've never it never resonated with me can you explain why people love that what's what's special about that um
1: i think the i think the storytelling like you know it ran for series you know like so it had the opportunity to, to tell a little bit of the darker side but still in this kid's world you know so i think there was moments where you could really get to know each character when you go and see the batman movies you get the origin story quickly and then you go on this journey and beats the bad guy and that's it um and i think for for everyone who you know read the comics and all that sort of stuff got to go on that journey
2: okay yeah it also brings upon a lot of the rich history of batman so when you watch that animated series they're not only drawing upon the adam west batman and bringing that in somewhat as well as, you know, the various sort of Tim Burton movies, which were clearly the large inspiration for it. But also in terms of, like, greater animation, like, it really brings back to the 1940s Fleischer Superman cartoons, which I think a lot of kids have grown up with because those are the cartoons that were always available in, like, the bargain basement, like, $2 VHS bins. So I think lots of kids have grown up with that animation style, and when Batman came along, it just kind of felt comfortable. Right. Okay.
1: I think the writers for that series, too, were Batman fans. You know, like, you have a look at stuff that... You know, uh, Paul Dini, for example, he's one of the writers on there. He, you know, he was he was living that Batman journey. You know what I mean? Like he was so much into that character, and um, and it sh- and it shows.
0: Okay, yeah. sorry I interrupted. You were t- talking about your your relationship with the character. Yeah, look, I think
1: for me the the number one thing that I like about Batman is when he's, especially in the comics, is when he doesn't have the the cow on. I think um, for me, I'd love to see a, a Batman movie progress to a point where it is Batman in his fifties and he's coming home and he's just wrecked and he's drinking and he's depressed. That's the Batman stories that I like. Um, you know, where you get characters like, like Dick Grayson or or, or Jason Todd, who are kind of picking up where Batman can't anymore. He's too tired to do what he's doing. That's the human side of, of the superheroes. Um, and I think that, for me, that's that's what I get excited about, about any superhero um, story, is when they're, when they're not fighting.
2: Now, you're interested in that, because you were talking about growing up with the Batman animated show. As that show went on, they eventually cancelled the regular Batman cartoon and created this thing called Batman Beyond. And the Bruce Wayne character in it is the older guy you're talking about, yeah. of whom has passed on the mantle of being Batman to this young kid named Terry McGuinness. And you've just got Bruce Wayne as like this older guy who's more of a mentor than yeah. anything else. Like, do you think that having grown up with, I guess, that as a inspiration has, like, kept you interested in that as the Batman you want?
1: Um, I just, I think, like, comics like The the Dark Knight and that sort of touch on that sort of thing. I, I really hope that, you know, Warner Brothers step into that world where we see uh, a Jason Todd character or, or someone like that take the take over the mantle and we get to see, I don't know, there's so many amazing old male actors out there who could play an, a, a later Batman Um
0: yeah. Well I think that with the sort of news that Ben Affleck might be stepping down, people there's been some discussion around uh, going younger, I think. And and um somebody younger replacing him, although he said he denied the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But um
1: uh, for me I think the the him as as Batman is being the closest Batman that I feel has been right on screen so far. Oh yeah. Uh, especially in his in the way that he fights, he's very brutalistic, yes. he, he's, he's not as He's um, like he, he is. He's lumping around in fights instead of you know, someone flying from space to space. Like it, it felt felt like someone who was real hands on, and that's the Batman that's in the comics.
2: He also okay. physically looks more like Bruce Wayne than any other actor has yeah, so yeah, far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, well, the best Batman fight scene, even though I,
0: it's not my favorite movie, but I, I think is in Batman versus Superman when he's taking on all the in the loft. In, in, in his, yeah, yeah. And all those other uh, people with guns is very good.
2: Um, something I just want to talk about, because be, it's you know the opportunity to talk to you about superheroes broadly is you know not that common for me. The big thing we've been discussing in the office, uh, Nick Pender piece talking about the new Spider-Man movie and how oh, it's a shame they couldn't have cast Spider-Man as being a young, you know, Latino kid or African-American or something other than just the standard white Peter Parker that we get. They're now, after me. They're after me. The <laughs> Haters are after me now. There was a response on the internet. Oh, man. But, I mean, just because you've played so heavily with um, race and superheroes, I was just wondering what your thoughts were if you took a character like Batman of whom is so heavily established as being a very traditional cis white guy. Like, do you think Batman ever could be portrayed realistically as anything other than just standard white guy?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think they can. But I think, again, you need to steep that in the mythology of who Batman is. So I don't think, you know, you couldn't just come in and that and you've got a black Bruce Wayne. Mm. I think you can have a, a Bruce Wayne that's passed the mantle on to whoever this character is and 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 make sure that that character has an amazing backstory that you know bruce has um i don't you know i i we have a whole heap of black characters out there that are you know are available to be on screen and be superheroes um but i i think there's no problem for us to like delve into you know gender or race when it comes to these old superheroes it just needs to be tied in instead of just completely replacing
2: do you think it diminishes the i guess agency of people from a specific ethnicity if suddenly we're just replacing established white characters with you know like for like that way is it better to give people like their own characters like what's the what's your Um, thoughts on that
1: absolutely it's great you know if we can create characters that are completely new
2: yeah which i um, mean you have done with clever man yeah yeah
1: again i think you know there's something exciting about that journey of seeing an old busted white man struggling you know billionaire struggling to get the job done each night and to hand it to a black street kid to (laughs) who doesn't have that money um to put on the cow you know like as long as you can structure the story right yeah um you can dive into the the stories of, of jason Todd and stuff like that. The other characters,
2: Jason Todd, who was the second Robin in a comic books, yeah, um, he got murdered.
1: Yeah, and you know, the, you by could by the Joker, by the, by the
2: Joker. Joker, not the Caesar Romero Joker though.
0: Not on, no, yeah, not
1: on No, Batman no, no. Um, <laughs> You could you could tie um, race relations around him. So absolutely, you know, it's not like it, it hasn't been done. I
0: just think that, you know, could we push the envelope more? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what what I was thinking when I was um, working through this um this article that I wrote was that um, first of all we've done we've just kind of switched ethnicities for some characters like the human torch it was uh, michael b jordan yep. who was, uh, was a black guy, black actor and one of the, the marvel executives have said that that audiences don't go for the new characters they're more interested in the traditional ones and so if if there's a black kid that becomes batman that wouldn't be as effective or as crowd pleasing as just having a black batman and so that's that's why I was kind of proposing, let's just switch it up. Don't have to explain it, just do it. But I, I see your point.
2: But I mean, to what Ryan was saying as well, like the idea of Spider-Man, this goes into that Donald Glover idea where if you hear about the origins of Peter Parker as this kid growing up around Queens, these days it feels more like it's a black kid than it is like yeah, a wee sure. little white guy. Okay, I mean, Ryan was saying largely that as long as it feels true to the character, like I mean, Jason Todd, like you could probably race switch him without it really feeling like it's inconsequential. But the idea of Bruce Wayne, who's just like this really wealthy, like young white kid who, you know, goes in that path, like it doesn't quite feel right. Yeah, the, well, the only right. person yeah. that
1: we can have is like Jay-Z or, uh, um, <laughs> you know, or... or
2: Does Jay-Z yeah. have the upper body strength to do it?
1: <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> no, but in, I just feel that there is such a a, a a huge world in there that to to try and unpick that, like it, it, it it'll be a punch to the face of people. And... Let's, let's be honest, if, as soon as you, you drop race relations in there, people are going to get scared just from the bat. So, you know, um, no pun intended. But if you spin it in a way that, you know, we can embed this character and it fits in this world, um, and we make our audience feel like it's the right person to, to take on that, you know, that bat mantle, then our audience will, will, will go to it. It's just, I think, once you, you, you do a straight switch out, people are just going to cry.
0: Yeah, I mean, I only suggested it and uh, people are losing their minds. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it's disappointing that, you know, that's that's an issue. Like, I, I 100% agree. We, you know, it'd be great to just go and replace whoever, you know.
2: Uh, now, we're going to go on to finish this up and talk about what we've learned from Batman this week. But just before we do that, um, Clever Man, because I just think it is profoundly one of the most interesting productions currently in Australia. Uh, Do you just want to explain briefly what Clever Man is, just to give a hook to people who may not have checked it out just yet?
1: Yeah, so Clever Man is a... I guess it's classified as a a sci-fi. For me, it's a superhero journey of um, an Aboriginal superhero in a world that's um, steeped in dreaming culture and the the fact that dreaming creatures live amongst us in today's society um, and the struggle for power within that.
2: Yeah, and it's a bit darker edged then you'd probably just assume from like the idea of a superhero. TV yeah,
1: show. I think so. I, yeah. oh, I, you know, For me, that's that's like I said earlier, the darker side of superheroes is, is the fun side for me. Um, you know, and look, if we're going to talk about black politics or politics in general, the superhero world is the best place to put that. Um, you know, it, it kind of waters it down for people who don't want to acknowledge it. Um, so you know combining the two and and putting in a whole heap of sex and violence in there it's the best way to sell it i think
2: yeah no that's awesome i'm really excited about the idea there might be a Cleverman season three so you know watch the skies on that one people mm-hmm. what did we learn from batman this week nick
0: well you took my the lesson about uh, how music is the universal language so the other lesson i was that i learned was that even batman who's in tremendous shape can be fat shamed <laughs> joker calls him fat man the poor guy it's
2: terrible you try wearing something that's that skin's height
0: yeah yeah joker's got a suit it hides everything
2: <laughs> uh ryan did you learn anything particularly from this week's batman
1: oh, for me i guess the one thing is knowledge because batman's level of deduction in this is is amazing you know like he <laughs> says he's like when the, the first that first part is bust and podium oh it must mean a Museum, it's like Boston podium means a strip club to me like it's, <laughs> you know, it's I think his knowledge of, of everything and how he can quickly deduct what and where he needs to go is, is amazing. Knowledge is everything.
2: The thing is, with any other superhero... Well, any other supervillain in this program, I'd assume that if you went looking for him in a strip club, you're not going to find him. Absolutely. But Cesar Romero just seems so grungy and, like, earthbound that maybe you'd find him there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe not holding up the place, but you'd still find him, (laughs) like, later at night. Uh, The thing I learnt this week is... uh, Every so often, we'll have a little bit of success and we want to boast about it. Maybe on Facebook, have an update, which is just a little bit boasty. But I learned, no, that's not the way to approach it. Because as Batman says in this, the urge to boast is a trait of the criminal mind. Mm, yeah. Indeed. Words to live by, people. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Nick, you're on Twitter. Where do people harass you?
0: They um,
2: come at me at, uh, at Nick Messina. And that's B-H-A-S-I-N. Yes. Put yeah. all your Spider-Man
1: hate towards that, people. Oh, hey, oh, man. <laughs>
2: Uh, People can find me at the Dan Barrett, but people want to be able to follow Ryan here. Ryan, where do they find you on Twitter?
1: Uh, Ryan J Griffin at
2: Twitter. At Twitter. And Ryan talks about superheroes a lot there. I know we were talking about Batman graphic novels the other week. So, yeah, no, yeah. I,
1: like superheroes. You want to hear rants about superheroes? That's my that's my thing.
2: Yep, fantastic. Uh, folks, thank you very much for listening. If you like the podcast, leave reviews on whatever podcast services like iTunes you might be listening to. Did you say where you can you can be found? I did. It was brief because people don't care about me. This is Ryan. He's okay. the main game here. Cool. Yeah. But people, please leave reviews. It helps people find the podcast. And iTunes, they like to see that people are excited about something before they put it there on the front page and make us the number one podcast in the world. But we wouldn't want to do that because then we may find ourselves boasting. And that's a trait of the criminal mind. Indeed. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week.